Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very, very much for listening to mine. I have a question for you, for each of you. My question is, what do Lucille Ball, Louis Armstrong, and Ian Knowles have in common? The answer, of course, is they're all pioneers. Lucille Ball was a pioneer in television. She had been an Academy Award-winning actress who transitioned into television sitcoms and basically revolutionized the form. Uh, Louis Armstrong was, of course, the jazz performer. He played the horn and sang. People argued that along the way he also created or innovated the way in which popular artists sort of distort their voice to have some sort of a, a, a different sound rather than uh, non-popular music. So like choral singing and, and that sort of thing. Which brings me to Ian Knowles. Ian Knowles is a young man who has created a podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a podcast because that's the word for it. That's the English language word for it. That's the English language word for you upload audio files to a service which then distributes these audio files along a, a loosely affiliated or not affiliated at all network of um, basically file distributors, so things we call podcatchers or places we go to listen to podcasts. But it's not a podcast in that it's not a traditional podcast, so it's not educational, it's not a talk show, it's not a deep dive of any, you know, thing that's actually happening. Essentially, if I can borrow a very old term that doesn't quite fit, it's a radio show. It's a radio show that happens in your earbuds over a cell phone. It's called Neon Shadows, and it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. And I got to tell you, when he pitched the idea of coming on my show and talking to me, I thought, well, how good can this show be? I'd only ever heard one uh, fictional podcast before, and or I guess I should say one podcast that presented itself as a fictional podcast. There are podcasts that I've heard that claim to be true podcasts, which I don't think really are true, or the, the truth is is shall we say, very, very distorted in ways that might or might not be legal. I'm not going to throw any names under a bus, but some of you might know what I'm talking about. Okay. But Ian is out front with the fact that this is fiction. And as you listen to it, as you warm up to the concept at all, it's a really good show. I would I would say it rivals 
uh, anything you'd see on television, for sure, in terms of entertainment value. Um, but um, it's really good. It's available basically everywhere. It's called um, Neon Shadows. I will put the link in the description so you can you can access it but it's really really good it's a it's a neo noir or a noir tale and i i think that's about all i'm comfortable with saying right now but it's really really good and i honestly think he is going to revolutionize the form of podcasting because he's going to take it out of the the documentary or the deep dive history podcast, etc. I really do. And um, also, I just want to say hi, and I've got some really good guests lined up and things like that, and I'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to History Voyager. My name is Ben Kitchens, but you knew that. I'm here with Ian Knowles of the Neon Shadows podcast. Howdy. Ian, please. Um, okay, first of all, I love your show. I, it, if I can be totally honest with you, it starts off kind of slow, but once you get going, you get going. I mean, it's really good. I appreciate that. Thanks. How, okay, how did you, how did it occur to you to, uh, to do this? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always been inspired by the noir genre, and recently I've kind of trusted myself to be more of a writer who just puts stuff out there. Like, I've just decided this is what I want to do with my life, is I want to write and I want to create audio drama and, and really any other kind of entertainment that I can get my hands on. And so the first thing I wanted to do is fill a void. I wanted to, you know, take something with marginal at best representation um, and bring it to the, the age of new media. It's not to say that there wasn't noir stuff. It's just a lot of times when I tell people what I do, there's two things I have to explain. Some people, I really have to tell them what a podcast is. And uh, and then secondly, I got to tell them what noir means. And so yeah. I, I figured that's a void I should try to fill because I appreciate the genre so much. What I learned when I was in film school was every genre basically has rules. Mm. And you can either follow them or you can consciously break them. Right. Um. What you do is, is, I mean, it's you call it noir, and it's fair because it's essentially noir, but it's not a straight noir, is it? Without giving too terribly much away, do you want to tell people what the plot is first off, or not? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could go over like a basic synopsis. Uh, it's essentially about. A private investigator, Frank Dixon, and uh, he's a war vet from uh, World War II. I'm really ambiguous on the exact time. I just think it feels more fun that way. 
but um, it, it does take place somewhere in the decades of 50s to 60s. Um, I didn't even know that. I, I... It, yeah, it's, it's pretty ambiguous. Um, <laughs> later in the series, around season two, Frank opens up more about his background um, and you know yeah. to further develop the character. But in season one, the, the main thing is Frank is kind of going out on a limb to help a distressed woman uh, look more into a murder that she feels the cops aren't paying attention to. So he uses a contact of his, Detective Joe Sutton, in the inside of Darkrim's police department, and they kind of try to work the case together. He doesn't want to step on Joe's toes, and uh, Joe wants to help him get his case done in a mostly legal fashion. <laughs> And so, uh, basically, they stumble across a uh, serial killer, and that's kind of where it picks up. What's so cool about your um, What's so cool about your story is it's not. Well, first of all, what's one thing that's really cool about it that I wasn't even aware of until you said it was exactly when it takes place because it feels like it takes place in the forties. Yeah. It feels like it takes place the day after the war ended, essentially. Like Homeboy well, got home. <laughs> like Homeboy got home and then he fell into being a, a PI. But I mean that just really that's a credit to your writing because you hit on something that some people can be trapped in some era in their life. You know, like and you caught that. You caught that perfectly. I appreciate that. I mean, any time that somebody, especially like a critic or someone who's experienced a lot of the media, any time they say that, you know, the writing made them feel a certain way or the sound design made them feel like they're in this time period or this scenario, that's really great to hear because that's my goal is immersion. Yeah. No, and the other thing you caught, I don't know if you did this on purpose or if this is just how the world is right now in 2021. The other thing you caught for real is you're talking about hobos and homeless people squatting in houses and, and, you know, people on the edge and you caught that, like you caught now, I don't know if that was accidental or very, very purposeful, but, um, it it depends. I mean, in what respect exactly? I mean, cause I, I, I kind of want to make this like the city feel like it progressively uh basically you'll have like the tone of the main characters and their interactions but then there's also i also wanted to move the world forward slowly as the seasons go on no i mean you caught the mood of today you caught there's a mood of today that if you had dropped this if you had listen to me if you had put this thing out in the 90s. Let's pretend like you could have done podcasting in the 90s, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make believe, all right? If you had put this out in the 1990s, uh, there's parts of this thing that would have totally sailed over me, specifically. Like all the, uh, the desperate people this guy interacts with and, and things. It's just so modern. It's modern in its sensibility not in its time period. Oh right, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And 
maybe I'm strange because I do this podcast where I talk to so many people um, <laughs> about their COVID situation or, or whatever. Maybe that's why. But a lot of people are hurting. There's a whole lot of people in this country that are hurting. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> and if you're not somebody where you're interacting with these people, you don't really... And that's what's so weird. You don't really see it if you're not really interacting with them. If you are lucky enough or you've engineered your life enough to where you don't have to be aware of it, you might not be aware of it. Right. You know? um, but, um, yeah, no. So... Yeah, yeah, I guess in a way, like, <clears throat> not to interrupt you, but uh, I guess in a way I kind of try to be a sin eater in a way where, like... Uh, you know, I heard a great quote. I'm not even sure who said it, um, but uh, don't let any good pain go to waste. So that's that comes from me, my life, uh, my close friends and family and their lives. And uh, I try to intersect those with both common and uncommon tropes in film and in shows. And, uh, you know, try to stay away from the, the boring rhetoric and you know, like character, character development, and having a character-driven show is probably one of the most important things in a audio drama because you don't yeah. have much else to go on. So that's yeah. that's like a, a huge focus of mine. Well, to me, like the cool, like the really, really, really cool thing about what you're doing is, I think. Was it Frank Miller or somebody somebody like that? Either Frank Miller or one of those people that, that did the rebooting of Superman or Batman or some such comic book character. I don't remember. Said that the thing about comics is that you have an infinite budget for special effects, right? Yeah. So the thing about podcasting, the thing about audio drama is you have an infinite budget for special effects. Yeah, I, I because agree. What, it's about my because, time. <laughs> yeah, because what you can do is you can you can just allow the people to 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 set the scene themselves with the with your sound effects or whatever, and it's so cool. I mean, it's just so cool. Yeah, I get excited thinking about the potential. Even just now, sitting here talking to you, like thinking of all the other things I have in like in the writing phase or the planning phases. Yeah. And I just get excited because I just can't wait to like develop that new world and try out different stuff. Well, before we get rocking into other topics or the same topic or what, what have you, uh, I'm a fan and I can't wait for to see what comes out of your brain <laughs> as far as, <laughs> where this is going and where the other stuff is going and whatever. I but appreciate that. Do you want to talk about, like, I mean, so, all right. So for the purposes of this podcast, we're both essentially the same, essentially age, I guess. And, I mean, neither one of us really came up in a world of gumshoes in terms of our lived experience, right? Right. So, how in the world does somebody like you even get exposed to that? I mean, you know, you, you don't pal around with your buddies going, Hey, man, 
hey man, you want to see the the latest uh, gumshoe show or <laughs> yeah, know, whatever? Like, how did you figure this out? How did this come to you? The uh, '90s Batman cartoon when I was a kid, okay. because he was known as the greatest detective. So I would say that that's my first and original prominent experience with a detective that tries to do right by everyone, whether it's in or outside of the law. And I, so I would say that that was my first brush with it. And uh, then throughout throughout my, uh, my viewing... Um, I would say the modern stuff made me go look at the past stuff. So it's not like it's not like I was raised on the older stuff. Like my, you know, my grandpa or my dad would have me watch all these old great movies because they're out there, but I wasn't aware of it. So um, a lot of the newer stuff, like Sin City and the Spirit and stuff like that, that would that's kind of what I experienced. That would make me want to look into what really makes up those movies what is this genre you know it's so interesting to me yeah 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 well i mean it just felt like it felt well felt i'm not done with it yet but (laughs) it feels like it's like you're paying an homage like like but you're also infusing it with new things like you're covering ground that maybe well they certainly wouldn't have covered in the 40s and they certainly yeah. wouldn't have covered in the 50s but i don't know going back to what i was saying earlier i don't know if like somebody tried to do this in the 1990s if they would have treated some of this stuff like some of the edge not the main plot but the stuff around the plot yeah like the same sort of edge or the same sort of tent or the same kind of whatever. Like, I mean, I'll just give you an example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you talk about hobos and uh, homelessness and stuff. And right now, like, I don't know if you're aware. Um, I certainly wouldn't be aware, except I do this podcast. Um, right now, um, we have a homelessness pandemic in this country. Yeah. Like, over and above an actual pandemic, we have a homelessness crisis. And you, you address that. And it's just so... I don't, I don't want to say the world cool, but it makes it identifiable to, to people. Yeah. Like you, can, you can look out and you can say, like, oh, God, we're, we're living in some sort of dark fantasy right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it begins to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the goal especially with noir because noir is partially characterized by darker tones and themes and uh what's darker than the honest within an honest look at you know our pitfalls as like a country or as a society right and see here's what i'm jealous of you of you about like here's what i'm jealous about with you when i decided to do a podcast it never would have occurred to me to do a fictional show. Like I wanted to lean into my history degree and not into my creative side, like not into my, let me create something fictional. Um, <laughs> I'm so jealous of you for that. 
Hey, you can always start. <laughs> I can always do something else. Oh, true, true. Yeah, for real. For true. The, the only difference is the editing difference between a talk show and an audio drama is immense. Because <laughs> I've run a talk show before, um, and I've also done an economics podcast that's it was just essentially um just a couple people talking it's still kind of a talk show but it was like educational and poignant um yeah that is so much easier to edit than than an audio drama it takes about uh, when you first start out and you have to build up like your sound library and all your little effects and whether you choose to use others or make your own and all that stuff and whether you compose music or uh, use some royalty-free stuff or pay people to make it for you, and I have a little bit of everything, um, it it just takes so long. Like the, fr the first season, it was almost like an hour per minute produced that I had to edit it. Uh, now I'm probably down to about 20-ish minutes per minute. Because I have a built-up library of sounds that I can go back to and just yeah. tweak with effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Where do you get your, if, if I can ask, where do you get your uh, your sound library from, though? Because that's, that's kind of cool. So, um, there's tons of royalty-free options on YouTube. And you can just like look into the user and see if they have... Uh, licensing or if it's free reign or whatever, you know, just respecting mm. the license holders. And then I also use, let me look this up real quick. I use Freesound and they have okay. a huge library and there's people who actively make sounds every day. <laughs> so it's freesound.org. Shout yeah. them out because they saved me a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, and the other, I mean, it's not just you on the voice acting, is it? It's other people. Yeah, I got a full cast, and honestly, I really lucked out because I've got some really great people who are working for Peanuts, and they have professional lives as well, but they saw something in this project, they saw something in, in me that they decided to spend the time doing it for, for nothing, for a song. Well, dude, I'm, I mean... You know, let me. I'm like one of the top rated um, podcasts about the Spanish flu and COVID 19 in the world in any language. And I got to tell you, it's an honor for me to have you on my show. Well, it's an honor to be interviewed by you. <laughs> well, you know, I just accidentally hit a topic. <laughs> you know, yeah. my problem, problem. My situation was I went to the doctor um, and somebody, you know, the nurse was talking about COVID, except she called it not COVID. Like she called it the medical name that they call it or that they used to call it. Yeah. What, what have you. And this was before Italy, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God, let me look into that. And then I wanted to do. Uh, because of my history background, I wanted to do something that could relate to that. So I did the Spanish flu and I started covering COVID because there were so many similarities between COVID, between our response to COVID and the Spanish flu. Yeah. 
But it never would have occurred to me, honestly, it never would have occurred to me. You know, Ben, people, when they're cutting the grass or whatever, they're going to want to hear this noir detective stuff. So, hey, more power to you. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, do you... Um, I mean, do you have like a, a pad or something where you're like, or an app on your phone where you're like, oh God, there's that idea. <laughs> Let me write that down. Yeah, Evernote gets used quite often on all my devices. It's a, a cloud syncing um, notepad app for anyone who doesn't know. Um, yeah. It's got, it's like a little elephant on the logo, but uh, I have that on my desktop, on my phone. Um, on my iPad, yeah, because I, when I think of like a real good turn or twist or a good thing to use in the plot, I, I have to write it down. I don't want to forget it because I will forget it. I have a terrible short term memory. I gotta ask, have you ever seen True Blood? Yeah, I actually like <laughs> um, that show. Yeah, yeah, it was good before it, you know, whatever. Yeah, kind of went um, off the rails a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was good before Alan Ball either got disinterested or whatever happened writing strike who knows ah <laughs> uh, you know i don't know the point okay <laughs> let me let's try to steer this back on the rails here <laughs> the point i'm trying to get at is there's a scene that i just heard the kind of this reveal mm. between the detective and like somebody else where the detective finds out kind of all is not as he once thought Right. You know, we're yeah, some more... fantasy elements start to drip in. Exactly, exactly. Where I thought, hey, you know, I bet you this guy, Ian, I bet you he's heard. Uh, I bet heard. I bet you he's seen um, True Blood. Just saying. Yeah, I definitely have. I've seen most of the supernatural stuff that's out there um, in terms of like established yeah. shows. I do love, like, genre bending, like, taking, like, a specific genre and then just also adding some fantasy and stuff in it. And that that's also another uh, way I try to honor both, like, noir and underserved genres is fantasy by itself is kind of, I don't know if looked down on is quite the word, but it's definitely misunderstood because people don't know the difference between regular fantasy like just adding extraordinary elements to a relatively grounded story in high fantasy with like elves and dragons and, you know, made up rules and magic and such. And I, I think people don't really know the difference and they kind of think it's all one way or another. And so I was hoping that on top of bringing noir into new media and hopefully inspiring other people to enjoy the genre, I also wanted to trickle in some fantasy to, Make it to where, like, even the red herrings could have red herrings at this point because you don't know what the rules are of the world exactly. Yeah. And see, like, I'm I'm six episodes deep right now, and I didn't even realize it happened in the 60s, right? Yeah. So, so you could, like, I mean, you could conceivably, and I don't know, I don't honestly know if you did this or not, but you could conceivably address the fact that really there were two 1960s. You know, there was the 1960s that some people were living that wasn't, that was no hippies or there, 
you know, the hippies were just zoo creatures, essentially. And then there were hippies. Then there was the 60s that, that gets the publicity, right? That gets the, the Woodstock 60s, et cetera, and so on. Yeah. You know? And you could, you could kind of come in with that. And, and here's this guy kind of trapped in the 40s in his head. Like, he's still in the 40s to me. Yeah, he definitely is slower to ad- adapt socially than everyone else. Like, especially the main character, Frank. He's just, like, he's kind of, like, he's not, he knows he's not even old enough to justify it quite yet, but he he's somewhat curmudgeonly. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't like change. He doesn't like, especially the kind of change that, it seems like the world is expecting of someone in his position at this time. Well, I mean, if you think about it, that's the other thing like that hits with this show, right? Like, think about the change that has occurred, you know, from 2008 to now, or even hell from uh, 2018 to now. <laughs> You know, yeah. Like, like I know a man who lives in my hometown, but he works at a company in India, right? So he e-commutes, and he has to turn his clock around so he can be on India time, or whatever. Just saying, you know. Yeah, that, that sounds crazy. It well, it is, but still, I mean, okay. Like, I'll give you another. I'll give you an example in my life. Um. When I was learning how to tell time, I never thought I'm going to have to, there's a moment in my life where I'm going to have to look at a clock and be able to tell you what time it is in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I have, a, I have, I've met quite a few people podcasting and voice acting and um, a lot of some of the people I consider my really good friends, they're in places like you know it could be in alaska korea um one of the one of a really good friend of mine he runs a podcast called the chronicler um he basically goes through uh the entirety of chinese history and uh he's scottish like he's from scotland but he lives in beijing and teaches them english (laughs) so like it's like he he's got quite a quite a globe trotting lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I just had a podcast with a with a gentleman like that. Um, it's already on the feed and everything, but uh, that that is so. I mean, China, modern China, is just so interesting. It's so. It's like it's they're repressed, but they're also capitalists. So it's really strange. Yeah, you know. It's weird. It truly is strange. And then there's like a large bulk of the country that's just not even on the same wavelength as, as you know, coastal China. Right. I mean, totally. I mean, no, seriously. Exactly. Or like, what did he, what did he tell me that was so crazy? Like, um, if you're an expat, like you can move from, they divide their, their cities into tiers if you're an expat, you can move inside the tier, right? But if you're a if you're a um, a native Chinese person, 
you have to stay in your city. <laughs> like, you can go. Like, you can travel. You can vacation or whatever. But you can't work there. Like, you can't move and work there or whatever. How strange. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, it's yeah. essentially just another caste system. Well, right. Yeah, totally. No. But, um, I don't know. Just, um, so getting back on the beam here, what have you learned from your doing your show that you didn't know before you started in terms of the world or society or whatever? Um, but yeah, there's definitely a couple things. Uh, one of the main things would be, uh, trusting myself as a writer. Um, I thought I would have, I thought I would lose more sleep over the writing portion. But it turns out, um, I, it just kind of falls out once your head is in a certain space for me. It's the rest just kind of compiles and compounds and it just kind of goes, I mean, you might have to edit it or reorder some things later, but when I, like when I start out, if I have a great idea and I'm inspired and like the adrenaline's pumping, it just kind of pours out and, uh. And then, you know, you edit and adjust and change some things here and there to make a, a better story. But um, I, I essentially thought I'd need a whole team of writers, but it's it, it's just me and the writing portion's doing fine. I would like to add writers in the future just because um, when you have more writers, you get more opportunity to add stuff in. Because, you know, seeing things from more than just one perspective is really helpful. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing that uh, I learned is um, when you make something on your own that's like this, uh, there's a lot of people who don't have the answers for you. Because you're, especially when you're doing something in new media, there's less and less people who have been doing it and that there's less and less people who can give good advice on it. So it's, it's like harder and harder depending on the niche. The more niche you get, the less peers you have to like look towards and like get like solid help from for me. Like, uh, like there's tons of great podcasters and they've been podcasting for 20 years. But um, when it comes to certain things, I'll have questions and I won't really have answers. And it's, it's even to the point where even Google doesn't really have all my answers. What are what are some questions you have answered you you want answers to? Um, I guess it's a lot of stuff that has to do with process. So there's so many variables with process when it comes to like things like sound design and editing and uh, and like writing for specific scenarios. It's very like. I wouldn't know it unless I was friends with a bunch of writers or I had some kind of access to them on a candid level, but it, I find it somewhat hard for me to uh, connect with people who are like staff writers. I've, I've reached out to a ton of people on LinkedIn, but I typically don't get responses from people at a certain level. I, mean, I understand people are busy and stuff, but... You know, I, I just uh, was hoping for more of a of a response. Well, look look at it this way. Um, if I were you, I, I'd look at it this way. 
there's there's a story. There's a famous story about um, Desi Arnaz and how Desi Arnaz essentially had to invent how sitcoms were shot, mm-hmm. right? And that was how they were shot until I forget the sitcom, but it was like into the nineties, I think. So you're literally inventing. I mean, this is new, right? You know, like you're the second fictional podcast I've heard ever. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, you're the second one I've heard. And the first one was terrible. Like the first one was awful. <laughs> right. I mean, because like, I think with podcasting, you're still in the, uh, you're still in the Dan Carlin, PBS, Joe Rogan phase where you want to mm-hmm. talk to people for real. Like you want to talk to people about actual things that are actually happening. Right. Yeah. And now it's now people are like, what else can you do with it? Oh, okay. You can tell stories. Oh, let's tell a story. But see, the trick is like, I've never heard a radio play that wasn't done by Garrison Keeler. Okay, like your radio situation, if I can use that term, is the first radio thing I've ever heard that wasn't done by Garrison Keeler. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of audio fiction out there, but it's it does have a discoverability problem because a lot of these. So basically, when you have a podcast, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, you have to establish an RSS feed, whether you're going through a distributor or you're making it yourself. And then you have to add yourself to as many directories as you can. Um, you know, your RSS feed will automatically be picked up by certain scrapers. But in general, you have to, like, go out of your way to add your show to all these different directories so that people can find your show. And when you when you go there, I mean, a lot of these places, I would say close to 90% of these directories and these outlets that people go to every day to listen to podcasts, there's no section for audio fiction. You have to go under something generic like entertainment. Um, I have a lot of, there's a lot of uh, places where I've had to categorize my show under true crime, even though that doesn't fit at all because the, the service, the customer service rep was like, well, we don't have a, this is the category that, we want you to go in because the other ones don't really even come close. And I'm just like, well, this isn't really close either. I mean, you're essentially lying yeah. to the listeners. I mean, like you even got a customer service rep. That's amazing. I'm amazed that you, <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, since we're swapping war stories, I'll give you a war story. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many listens I have exactly. But it's less, but it's greater than zero, <laughs> and more and less than a billion. I I, I don't know. Yeah, and metrics are I, a real tough tough issue as yeah, well. And yeah, that that's rough. The the metrics are very strange. Um, yeah. I had to request that I use Blueberry, and I had to request that they add a a redirect at the beginning of my RSS feed so that I have a secondary, 
I mean, Blueberry's been pretty good with the metrics for me, especially because they also take all the Apple and Spotify metrics as well. Um, yeah. But what re- what uh, also helps is a secondary, like a tertiary level of uh, response and measuring is uh, PodTrack. I have a little redirect bef- to uh, for my RSS feed so that they can independently get me more uh, specific metrics. And uh, Blueberry was happy to do it in like 10 seconds. They, they had no problem doing it. But um, yeah, that, that's been helpful too. I mean, it, it doesn't start till you to like two weeks after you install it. So it, it's not going to give you all your historical measurements, but it is going to give you yeah. uh, all your future yeah, measurements. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really cool. Is this time that we live in? I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you, podcast podcaster to podcaster. I mean, the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, I try to remind myself. It's you know, it's no big keep, deal. Just, just keep, keep doing what away. you love to do, and you know, it'll work out or it won't. And uh, and the, the, the main thing is, you know, I have to constantly reappreciate the fact that, you know, it's we're we have the axes in our hands. We we are, you know, creating yeah. the frontier. You know, it it's not really like there's a lot of people who have technically been podcasting for like twenty years, but it's not it wasn't a mainstream thing. It just now it's is funny because I don't even I I, I think and, that we uh, think it's mainstream. You know, Right, I think we think it's mainstream. Yeah, and I think you can run to the mall, and I think you can find people who think it's mainstream with you. But I know plenty mm-hmm. of people that first I have to tell them what a podcast. I have a podcast. What's that? <laughs> and yeah. you have to. <laughs> yeah, there's there's this uh, there's this diagram I have. And it's about the, um, so it's the podcast discoverability triangle. So everybody's always asking, where can I put my show where people will find it? And, but first they need to have these three questions answered. It's what's a podcast because, and and the significance of that is there's, you know, like 80% of the planet still doesn't know what a podcast is. And then there's, I love podcasts, but who are you? You know, like, and that kind of goes into not just title, but genre, right? Like, uh, it, it's like a, you know, like, like I said, the, it's not like, it's not like music or movies where there's 3,000 designated subgenres of genres. You know, there's not like noir this or noir that. There's none of that. There's no, there's no difference between dark and thriller on almost any podcast directory there there has been one or two that's had that distinction but most of them don't and uh so basically they're like what kind of basically as soon as you sign up they're like okay what kind of talk show are you you know (laughs) it's like what none and then uh and then the the third point is um you know what's going to make me share the podcast and and educate my my friends and peers so like that's there's a parallel like the there's a parallel here um, that just hit me square between the eyes metaphorically speaking with you not with me but with you 
<laughs> I'm into really, really heavy music. Um, and have you ever heard of the t uh, the band Bad Brains? Bad Brains essentially was a jazz band. Started out life as a jazz band. Um, but they accidentally invented thrash metal. Uh, oh, they okay. accidentally that must be where I've heard them then. But they were like new. They were like super, super new before thrash metal even had a name. I mean, I don't even think... I don't even think they were called thrash metal when they were inventing it. Like, while they were out inventing it. Yeah. Right? If memory serves. But the thing is, like... I, f I get the real sense with you. Like, if you keep this up, I don't know how big you're going to get in your lifetime or this is going to get in its lifetime. But I feel like, you know... At some point in the way distant future, somebody's going to think, hey, there was a podcast called uh, Neon Shadows, and he was the first one doing it that was any good. <laughs> you know, he showed people how to make something as entertaining as The Wire or True Blood or, you know, anything else that I want. Do I want to watch a TV show? No, I want to just veg out and listen to this thing on my on my phone. I mean, <laughs> you know, but seriously, well, that no, that's, that's your issue. <laughs> so you're telling me you don't have anybody to answer questions for you. The reason you don't have anybody to answer questions for you is because they're all dead. All the radio, sh all the radio play people are dead, right? Number one. Number two, I hate yeah. to tell you, but you are the person. It's you. <laughs> right yeah that's 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 kind of like it's a good and bad thing you know like because if i do it really well the and i and it yeah. it does get out there then yeah you know i'll, I'll be where i want to be and you know it's just the the, yeah. the level of i guess almost like responsibility at that point it's just uh it's it's unique, you know. I haven't really felt like this for anything else ever. I mean, it it feels like in a lot of ways we live in a world where there's not a lot of frontiers left to, you know. I think there's to, not a lot of old frontiers, out. but I think this is the new. I feel like to use a bad example, I feel like the the people pushing through the Appalachians, except you already have modern cities in the mm -hmm. east. And then you cross right in, over the Appalachians and you come to, you don't even come to Indian, you know, natives in Buffalo. You come to Mastodons. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> this is what we're doing. I mean, we, I, I got to tell yeah. you, man, we are the people that they're going to look back on. You more than me, because. People, I mean, oh, don't Dan say that. Cullen, <laughs> I mean, you know, when people ask me, the people who know what a podcast is, when they ask me, what are you doing? Like, what's your podcast? They don't ask it like that. They ask, what murder are you solving? I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm not talking about a murder. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about the Spanish flu. The what? 
The what's that? <laughs> yeah, listen to the podcast and find out, buddy. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jesus. So, um, have you... Have you thought about um, doing T-shirts, or I mean, eventually? Uh, I, I I do have merchandise out on Teespring. So it's Teespring dot com slash Neon Shadows. Um, we have. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. I, I'm sure you've seen the uh, the logo that we have that looks kind of like a pulp. Movie I've poster. seen the logo on Google Podcasts. I listen to you on Google Podcasts. That's all it. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that it, that it's updated, but you know, all these directories they move at drastically different <laughs> speeds. So I, <laughs> I'll I'll look on Google Podcasts and, and, right and the now. Thing but, is, the thing is, the thing I don't um, know if you know because you only have like seventeen episodes or whatever. But the more episodes you have, yeah, the longer it takes for everything to get hip. Like the, the right. I, mean, I can put an episode out, and it'll take half an hour for, uh, you know, Spotify to get up with current events, for example. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, we basically just recently. Um, had our logo redone. Um, I basically talked to a marketing pro and he was telling me like the show's great. Um, every, everything's good. He's like the title's good. Cause it, it's really, it's descriptive enough to tell people what they're in for. And then he's like, but uh, we got to change your logo to be something that sells more of the story without having to use words or being redundant. Um, And, uh, and then he's like, and then we need to adjust your show description. And he said like your first like three to six words need to be like an advertisement. Cause that's what everybody's going to see before the dot, dot, dot. Right. On uh, like Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. You're only going to see the first three to six words before they have to click to see more. So, yeah, I, I took that advice immediately, and uh, I designed the um, the movie poster esque logo and had an illustrator, like a pro illustrator, knock it out because I didn't have time to do it because I, I am an artist, but I did not have time to do it, and I think he did yeah. better than I could have done. Um, so I had a, a pro illustrator handle that while I was uh, editing episodes. Anyway, so the question I just had this thought. It just occurred to me, like every morning when I or morning every uh, time um, that I log into my podcast email, for example, mm-hmm. I have to weed through I don't know how many uh, scam emails. Like, and I mean, these people went to Harvard. You know, I'm talking about. You know, company logos. I'm talking about all that, <laughs> right? And I have to think in my head. All right, what do I have? Like, what do I? What have I paid? Like, what do I actually have? Right? <laughs> you know, like, do you have anything like that, or you know? Um. 
I mean, I occasionally get spam, but and stuff like that, but not not so much on my show email. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I get a lot on like a some generic AIM account that I that I had when I was like fourteen. That's where I dump all my store coupons and whatever else. But you know, on my yeah. show it. I mean, I do get some, like, annoying, like, promotions from just directories and services that I'm on. But it's like, hey, man, I didn't say I wanted to buy anything. Just play my podcast. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's interesting to me that you call it a podcast, that, you know, because I don't, I mean, I think it comes over a podcatcher and I'm listening to it on a phone and sure, fine, but. I don't feel like it's a podcast. I feel like it's something else. Yeah, I mean, it, we're at a strange juxtaposition where if you release audio fiction, but you actually want people to be able to find it somewhere, you kind of got to put it on, you, you kind of have to release it as a podcast so that it gets everywhere, unless you plan on selling it. You know, yeah. it, and it's it's kind of weird. I, I, I would like, to make, I already have plans to make like some. It's it's different than Neon Shadows, but it's more high fantasy driven. But I have plans to make it like a like a four part mini series that would be really low cost, but you you would pay to to download it. And you know, I'm considering that model for certain projects. Um, it's yeah. kind of hard to it's kind of hard to place. And I, I guess that's kind of the challenge of being, you know, ahead of the curve or being at the forefront of pushing through a new kind of media. And, you know, while it's developing is there's not a whole lot of outlets for it that are, um, good for discoverability and successful in their own right. Well, the hardest thing I know from experience, the hardest thing to do is um, to take a podcast and to remove it from a pre-existing audience, right? Mm -hmm. like, if you have an audience already, the hardest thing to do is to convince them to go anywhere with you, mm -hmm. you know? like right. I saw the, the statistics, it's been a couple of years, but I saw the statistics of like how many people just have one podcatcher on their phone. And right. if you're not on that catcher, you know, I think even Joe Rogan's lost listeners. Right. God, if he's losing listeners. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know. Like, like even my own dad. He's just like, are you on iHeartRadio? I was like, no, because it takes like eight months to get on iHeartRadio, so maybe sometime next year. And then he was like, well, well all right, well, let me know when it gets on there. <laughs> Look, oh, it's man, funny you can just go anywhere else. <laughs> it's funny because I've gotten on stuff that I've never even heard of. Like, I've gotten on catchers that I don't even know about. So yeah. I, I, I would imagine some of it is big or some of it is how big you are. 
also, a lot of them piggyback off of Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. if if you're a podcast and you're still making episodes after like X amount of months, it kind of like triggers a response from a bunch of these, you know, smaller podcatchers because it, yeah. it's almost like there's it's almost like there's a few specific ones for every country. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I know that. I know that I have an international audience and I know what my catcher I know what my main catcher will tell me I have Mm -hmm. right but I as we've talked about I don't know if that's what I have like I don't know if that's all I have is what I'm trying to say because yeah um wow so have you thought about um, so you want to do high fantasy and you've got this thing? Have you thought about taking a solved murder that's like outside the realm of like modern day and putting a supernatural twist to it? Um, like what exactly? Have you thought about taking a murder that has been solved, like a murder that you could? find at the courthouse basically oh okay like and, a true crime scenario yeah but put a put a like fictionalize it yeah i mean i could um yeah but i i guess i'd just rather i mean uh i, yeah, I could would... take inspiration from it but i i guess i do rather would rather construct it from beginning it to end on my own yeah in I general mean, I would feel maybe that would be a little disrespectful to the person that died, which is why you'd want to do it, you know, way off in the past. But, yeah, and, you know, obviously change the names, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't who, know. Who knows? <laughs> maybe somebody I mean, would want to be memorialized like that. <laughs> I don't... I mean, there's... I always listen to Up and Vanish. I don't know if you've ever heard of Up and Vanish. Yeah, I have. I heard the season one of up and banished and the thought that came to me after so long after a while was you know it felt icky because like this poor person this poor girl poor young lady was killed and now this man i don't know what his deal i don't know what his monetary deal is or whatever but he's getting famous off this poor person's death i mean you know yeah, that's that's an interesting way to look yeah. at it. Um, it I don't know. You know, people basically benefiting off of suffering in a way. Right, right. And I mean, to me, it's like what I love about your show is that it's it's got real notes. Like it's got real notes, but it doesn't have. Like, those people weren't real. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I try to I try to establish every character as, um, you know, getting the time and the, the breadth they need to be established. Um, a lot of characters who don't get a lot of quote-unquote screen time or mic time, um, there'll be an episode that will start off with, like, kind of like a soliloquy where they'll essentially kind of explain themselves 
Um, and an important thing with the writing is always explaining it from their perspective, not the perspective of the omniscient writer or the perspective of um, the main character's perception of them. It would be from like the actual yeah. character's paradigm themselves. Cause you know, everybody thinks that they're the hero of their own story. Well, everybody is the hero of their own story. I mean, yeah, you know, there's like a whole genre of novels that where you take a well-known classic tale, but you tell it from a side character's perspective. There's like a whole genre of novels like that. Yeah. Well, the thing I, the other thing that just occurred to me was like when I was in film school, what I learned was you had five pages to, to hook five pages of a script to hook the audience because that's five minutes, right? Yeah. And but yet you juxtapose that with today where I I heard recently I heard that they think that advertising on podcasts are the only thing are the only ads that really work anymore because like you can't like you're driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you're driving. You're not gonna stop and, and change the podcast out. You know? So, like the the I guess what we call the grammar of the storytelling, the the format of the storytelling is changing, or has yeah. different rules. I mean, because by by about the end of the first act or the first what do you call it chapter? Yeah, I, I just but, call them chapters. Confuses yeah. the the crap out of my cast because uh, in on the back end. Uh, everything's very, um, everything's very like sorted out. Like in the in the back end, like for us, it's like uh, chap, like you know, season one, episode one, scene one, and so that they're used to that format. And then when I'm like, "Hey guys, chapter twelve is out," they're like, "Which episode's that?" <laughs> yeah. Well, like I just found out I'm into season two. I didn't even know I was in season two. Uh. Episode 7, Chapter 7, will be Season 2. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, to me, it's just, I'm just listening to it on my phone. Yeah. You know? But so what I'm saying is, like, you're, you have the fortune of your, you're in this thing where you have a little bit longer than five pages because, like, I'm not going to stop and, and, like, for a podcast, for me to actually stop, and change out the podcast, right? It has to be terrible. Right. Right? So I'm willing to give somebody longer than five pages. Right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like I keep my episodes short, and I wanted to keep my pilot, you know, like under... Without the intro and the outro, it's, it's less than 15 minutes. So I figured everybody's got 15 minutes, you know, to listen to a show that they already think might be down their alley. I mean, I think uh, Patrick Wyman, I don't know if you know who that is, the, the historian, he does a podcast. He's a, he's a journalist these days, but he's a historian as well. But he said that, they, that uh, podcasts get listened to on the morning commute. Right? So in this town, pre-pandemic, your morning commute's about an hour. <laughs> You know, so yeah. just just saying, I don't know what it is where you are, but 
in this town morning commutes about an hour or so yeah i think the average commute in my area is about 45 minutes to an hour my commute specifically is 45 minutes yeah so so if you figure you've got somebody's got an hour to give you um right so you know yeah, that puts you, like, well into my fourth episode, which, if you don't like it by the fourth episode, I feel like that's the turning point. Like, if you don't like it by episode four, you're just not going to like it. <laughs> well, I was hooked, you know, I was hooked by the end of episode one. I was I was on board. And then episode two rolled around. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And by episode three, I'm like, wow, okay, this is officially better than... than <laughs> you know, this has now gotten to okay joy 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 i have time to listen to this territory <laughs> yeah yeah i was uh i tried to at the end of the first episode i there is a, a moment where you're kind of from the perspective of the antagonist and i was hoping that that would um that that would kind of clue people into the 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 future tone of the show and where it was headed i kind of thought there was some supernatural stuff to it before the supernatural stuff appeared yeah i i, I kind of like sprinkle in red herrings that would make i guess um most shows are pretty literal and pretty obvious and so i was hoping that I would sprinkle in all these red herrings. And basically, if you've heard that there was fantasy in this before, then you would just, just assume it's here. Oh, wait. No, it's here. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Okay, so it's here. You know? <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's this kind of fantasy. Oh, wait. No, it's that kind of fantasy. And then the guy does a thing, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan of, like, the redirection and the red herrings. Um, of yeah. like the whodunit kind of shows and movies and um, like murder mysteries and stuff. So I, I like to to employ that any chance I get and like really build up like mystery and gravitas in in kind of like reveals and stuff. Have you? That, seen... That's the attempt, anyways. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm I'm guessing you might have, but. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you... Okay, so there was a period of time where Game of Thrones, if you're watching the first season, mm -hmm. like if you watch the first season of Game of Thrones and, you, and you're, like, you're the person telling people about Game of Thrones in your life, right? Yeah. There's a period of time where you think Game of Thrones is one thing. Yeah. And then a thing happens and then you're like, oh... No, it's not that. It's this. Right. Right? Right? Yeah. Okay. To me, that's what... I mean, obviously on a smaller scale. Yeah. But to me, that's what happened when that guy... When the guy did a thing. When the... I guess he pulled up his pant leg or whatever. I guess yeah. I can say that. Yeah. And... Spoiler alert. <laughs> guy pulls up his pants. Spoiler alert. Sitting. People wear pants. <laughs> right people wear pants and things are under the pants spoiler alert <laughs> of a non-sexual nature <laughs> right no, no, no this is totally totally you know 
<laughs> this part of this part is kid appropriate. Not that I think the show is kid appropriate at all, but yeah, this yeah. Part in general, it's, it's it's like a teen rated show. I would say so. I'd say that's fair. I'd say if you can watch, uh, if your kids can watch um, the Americans. Yeah, any FX show. If your kids can watch an FX show. <laughs> if your kids can watch the show The Americans, your kids can listen to this show. Just just saying. If that's allowed. Yeah. You know. Cause I know for a fact I have I have like I know for a fact people listen to my show around their kids and I'm like I don't know why you do that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, if there was any cursing or anything, so I just I've just been avoiding it. <laughs> well, I mean, I try to. I rated my show. I had to rate my show not safe for work oh, okay. because what happens is when you start interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so English is a lived language. English is a living language, right? Yeah. So. There's a there's a thing among our generation and the generation below us where the F bomb is now a connector. Is now right. a sentence connector. Right? It's <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? So just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I definitely but, feel that. <laughs> so I, I sat with this one episode and I was like, all right. Okay, we're going. <laughs> but the one thing I will tell you, uh, creator to creator, is you'll you'll hear these warnings about, um, you know, don't rate your show, not safe for work. Um, I I disagree with that. I really yeah, I disagree do. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's literally I have found literally no. Okay, I'm also the guy that says I don't believe I don't know how many people are listening to my show, but. The sense I get is there's way more people that listen now than that listened a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And that's just a feeling I get whenever I put things out in the universe and I, I ask for things back, you know? Yeah. But um, like like I've said, I have a number, but I don't know that that number is accurate right. at all. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, so are there, I mean, have you thought about doing a space age drama or something like that? Yep. Um, yeah, I was actually, it's in like, it's literally in the most infantile phases you can think of. It's literally just like a, like a chart of like general concepts, but I, I was thinking of a futuristic cyberpunkish noir um that was essentially like it's it's like on a planet with like it's like a melting pot planet like a way station for a bunch of different kind of like alien races and pete and humans and stuff like that but it was it's kind of like a dreary dystopian megacity and uh but that's pretty much like I just have a few things written down, like a mental placeholder, like just enough details to know where I mentally left off written down. Um, that is uh, a subject that I'd like to hit. 
yeah. it's one of it's one of many ideas, but it's not one that I've like committed to yet. I actually have a western that I'm further along in than um, than that, and I was actually it's being developed for a, a geared towards a graphic novel. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean. That's one of those things that I before I, I tell people all the time. Uh, before I got Netflix, I used to think that I didn't like westerns, and then after I got Netflix, I quickly realized that no, actually, I I don't like bad westerns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I often wonder how much that happens with just everything in general. Like when I think I don't like a style of something. I'm just like, well, maybe just most of it's crap, you know, because <laughs> that that might be pretty likely. Yeah, truth is stranger to, than fiction. So, it, yeah. you, when you're writing fiction, you just take things that really happened and just adjust them a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example of, of truth being stranger than fiction for real. Um, every single pandemic movie got it wrong <laughs> have you noticed that yet like uh every every like movie about like a virus or whatever is like zombie to geared yeah or zombie or, or whatever like um contagion the movie contagion just any pandemic movie yeah got it wrong because there's going to be a population that just doesn't believe it. Yeah. They just don't believe it. <laughs> right. It's just so crazy. You know. But um, have you thought about that? Like maybe setting a thing during... Um, here's something that I think would be cool. Like, set a murder mystery during the Spanish flu. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely... Something like the Spanish flu or, you know, anything like that, that kind of adds a lot of uh, background intensity. You know, and also, it, it would be... Especially if, like, the killer was making it seem like they died of that illness. Right. Well, the thing I would tell you to do um, is first to research this, whatever the disease is, like whatever disease you choose to do or mm -hmm. to have in your show or your podcast, right. research the disease, but also don't like research the most recent stuff you can find. Right. Because there was a major reass See, I was lucky because there was a major reassessment of the Spanish flu underway that had just started after I was doing the podcast. Right. So you're getting all the, the newest, latest published work. So I was getting like the new, I, the new concept is that a whole lot of people died of the Spanish flu that nobody had previously thought had died of the Spanish flu. Right. Because they started going through death records and, and you started getting, um, doctors and stuff going wait you can't die from that 
you died of the, you know, you can't die from the cold. Right. Right. You can't die from, or like this disease doesn't exist. Like if you're saying the blackface fever, right, which is a name they used to call the Spanish flu, which, which was from like your capillaries in your face would explode. Oh, okay. You would cough so hard that the capillaries in your face would explode. And so modern doctors were like, the regular flu doesn't do that. Like a flu isn't going to do that to you. Right. So, you know, it's actually weird. Like we know less about the Spanish flu as we know we're not. First of all, it really wasn't the flu. Like it was something else. And because we know so much about it now, we know less about it than we thought we did. Right. (laughs) It was essentially this disease that bopped around for decades and then vanished, essentially. Went away. Yeah, it's all very interesting. I don't know much about virology and, you know, historical pandemics at all. (laughs) I mean, like, I know some, you know, I know of the Spanish flu, but I don't know much details about it, other than what I might have looked up in the last, you know four to six months just because of the similarities to COVID and wanting to know, you know, wanting to familiarize myself with it. Well, Ian, thank you for coming on the History Voyager. I sure had fun talking to you. Before I let you go, do you want to tell everybody about your uh, Neon Shadows podcast, like where you can find it? Uh, I hear that it regularly appears in the top 50 of the Apple fiction uh, entertainment category of the podcast uh, once again uh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast the honor was all mine okay um, yeah you can find Neon Shadows at, at Neon Shadows Pod on any social media in general Twitter um, even on TikTok uh, Instagram and then on Facebook we are it's facebook.com slash neon shadows pod. And that is the, what we call the neon shadows speakeasy. It's kind of like a community where uh, you can come and interact with us. And th- there's also a lot of, you know, updates, but um, sometimes we do like, we'll do live stream events and stuff like that. And, you know, comments and suggestions are always welcome on there. We answer all of our DMS ASAP. Um, same with Twitter. Um, you can also, if you're listening, you can listen on just about any podcatcher out there. Neon Shadows, A Noir Tale. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, most, most of our, I would say like 60% of our listeners, maybe a little bit less, use Apple Podcasts. But... I'd also like to uh, mention that we have a Patreon, so um, now we have a Patreon up, put that up in between Season 1 and 2, so um, it's just patreon.com slash neonshadowspod. And what do you do, what do you give the Patreons, uh, donators or subscribers or whatever you call it? So, we offer a lot of behind the scenes, um... And the, the more patrons we get, the, the more I'll include them on every little step I take. Um, you know, right now, it's just kind of like, 
in general, telling people, you know, what we what we got going on, what new episodes are coming out and when. Um, we are working on... Now they've made it really easy. We're going to set it up for season three where you get episodes early. Um, you get episodes about a week early, maybe more, depending on, you know, what the sentiment is there with that. Yeah. But, but we're going to set it up to where for season three you'll get everything... Patrons will get everything a little earlier, and we also have an ex- we have uh, I don't have it listed, but um, just so everyone's aware, I'm going to make an announcement where you get like kind of like a friend and family discount for our merchandise. It's about thirty percent, so it takes a significant. Um, Takes a significant amount of money off of your your merchandise purchases. Yeah, I gotta say, man, and, I I really love your show and and uh, anything else. Um, no, that's that's about it. Uh, season two, our mid season finale just aired on the on the twenty. Fourth or let's see here, yeah, twenty fifth technically, and uh, we'll be back in about six to eight weeks. I think the plan is to be in August to come back in August, um, with the second half, August third. We're coming back with the second half of season two. Um, just took like a quick break in between because we're going to be, I'm currently working on animation for a standalone episode that's kind of, it's still canon, but it's set apart from the current events of the show. Um, it's, it's, it's about Frank just kind of tackling a case on his own that's, uh, very spooky and mysterious. So I'm working with an animator on that and... No clue when that'll be done because animation takes quite some time. But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, before I let you go, I'm actually totally jealous of you that you have TikTokable stuff because I barely have Instagrammable stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I didn't say I was good at TikTok. All right, that's definitely a learning curve for me. And I guess the second, since you're a podcaster and I'm a podcaster. What's your least favorite form of social media to promote on before before I let you go? (laughs) You know, like, I still get a good response, but I have a tough time using Instagram. You hear that, Zuckerberg? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, Like, Facebook itself has been a pretty decent module for stuff we have, uh, think we have like 600 followers on facebook which is pretty good um and most of it's organic uh some of it you know is based off of you know people seeing it from ads but um well and and that's why i won't throw facebook in the bad category for me is because they have cheap reasonable and very specifically demographic uh targeted campaigns that you can construct for ads and they're cheap so yeah 
no other no other social media is doing what they're doing in terms of approachability and cheap ads. Also, like Facebook is still the what's the parallel? Like Facebook is the, like the mainstream social media. I think I, I really believe that. Yeah, there, there's still quite yeah. quite a large search engine and and still have a, a large yeah. interactive audience. Yeah. But just the fact that you have 800 followers on Facebook, man, that's that shows me right there. You have more than 8,000 listens. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, we're, we're almost at 800 followers on Twitter. We're trying to get up there. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Cool. Alrighty. Um, well, it was a pleasure talking to you, and hang on the line while I download this monstrosity. <laughs> okay. <laughs>